What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Corinne Bernard, also known as The Last Corinna, because after me, there will be no other, okay? This is The Art of Storytelling, where I tell my story and paint a picture that aligns with the story. Um, this is episode four. Um, I'm kind of just doing a bunch of episodes, like, back to back. And then um, the paintings, of course, are going to be spaced out like probably like three weeks, maybe, you know, I'm planning on launching this series in February. So you're probably going to see this in March. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, I'll, sh- I'll shout out my plugs at the end of it. That's what I've been doing on these. But um. Yeah, so here we go. This is going to be a third person story and um it's going to be <sighs> teenage years. Not fun, but relevant. And I'm just here to help somebody else. Um we're going to call this character um Shoot, what did they call me in high school? Smiles. Well, they didn't call me... They called me Smiles in middle school. Fuck it, we'll call this one Smiles. All right, this is the story of Smiles. Smiles B2010. That's the name of this girl's YouTube. (sighs) Smiles is a YouTuber. She's a teenager, she's a YouTuber, and she is inspired by a bunch of funny people on YouTube. She's inspired by Niga Higa, she's inspired by Sma, she's inspired by, um, uh, what the fuck is his name? Shane Dawson, she's inspired by, um, Fred, um, and yeah, uh, a bunch of other people was, was inspirational for Smiles at this age. Um, school, well, this was a very interesting, um, you know, age 15 period. Um, how can I put this? So, um, Smiles started her sophomore year at a different school. She started her school year in Bloomfield and Bloomfield, it was the first going to Bloomfield High School. She was hoping that it was promising. She was in an environment where like it was um people that she could vibe with just like at her last school um that she went to for freshman year and um when she got there, she felt herself being in the same boat that she was in when she was in elementary school, like just feeling like she doesn't belong because she doesn't look like, uh, you know, certain girls and she's different. And, um, of course her brother's always going to be the popular one, but she just was not popular. Like, and it sucked because everything about Smiles's life outside of school was perfect, which once again was just like, uh, YLC's, um, life. Everything was cool at home, but once she got to school, everything was just shitty. And, um, you know, anyways, she didn't stay at, at Bloomfield High School that long. Eventually, um, her mom did get a divorce and she, and her family, she, her brother and her mom ended up going back to Waterbury to go back to her original high school, Crosby, uh, where she would finish out the rest of her high school career because that's, that's, that's the Waterbury, that's the Waterbury way, I guess. To, to, they always come back. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so when, when Smiles got back to the other school, Um, everybody welcomed her with open arms. Everybody missed Smiles. Smiles was, was light and everybody was so crushed when they learned that she wasn't going to be back for sophomore year. And boom, here go, here we are halfway through sophomore year and, and Smiles is back. Um, and it was awesome. It was awesome for Smiles. It was awesome for her friends. 
Um, of course, there was some boy drama, but whatever. Boy drama is going to happen. But the most important thing about um, this period in time is that Smiles was a YouTuber. Smiles was on YouTube. Even though she wasn't doing much on YouTube, she was on YouTube learning, reviewing, interacting. And um, she only had 23 subscribers, but she believed in herself and and she wanted to um, have the next best thing. So um, whenever Smiles was out with her friends or hanging out with her friends, she'd go over to one of her best friend's house and they'd go swimming and play um, Guitar Hero on the big screen TV and make a bunch of stupid videos to put on to put on YouTube. And back then, cameras were not great in quality. Uh, she was working on a three megapixel camera, and and that was just what it was. Um, fast forwarding to the summer of the century. Uh, smiles was so fun so full of life so interactive always getting into stuff always had stuff to do with her friends and um uh, it was always a good time one day she decides to um to record a music video a music video was something she never did before and it took a while for her to do um she had her three megapixel camera. It did not have sound. It was literally only made for taking pictures. And the video feature was like an additive bonus. So <clears throat> since she had a limited about amount of memory, a laptop, and the passion, she would she would record herself like um, like POV. And then after it was done, she'd upload it to her laptop and add it to um, video music or vid video maker, Windows video maker, um, whatever it's called. And um, she would start editing the little clips. Eventually, like she got through the song that she wanted to do for the video and um, she edited all the clips together and then boom, this was her first ever YouTube video parody titled Rihanna's Disturbia Video Equals D. And if you're a texter from MySpace, you know exactly what equals D means. Smiley face. <laughs> so, she uploaded this. And these were MySpace times. This was when we were at the early stages of social media and going viral and things like that. Of course, there were people on YouTube that had way more views than her, way more um, content than her. But um, Corinne, I mean, <laughs> shit, Smiles, <laughs> Smiles had a lot of MySpace friends. So Smiles took her video and um, and pretty much commented on everyone's page with a video and waited to see what happened. By the next day, her video got 500 views and it was overwhelming for her. She was like, what? I have this many views? Oh, and, and trust me, it kept climbing from there. 500 views, 600 views, 700, 800, 900 views. And then eventually she got to 989 <laughs> and stayed there for a long time. But the awesome thing about it is when school started back up for junior year, everybody seen the video and everybody'd go up to Smiles and say, oh my God, I saw you on YouTube. And she was sensational. This was the early signs of Smiles building a reputation amongst her high school peers. And it was awesome because shortly after that, her friends wanted to interact with these videos because her first video was just her, 100% her. Because previously, her friends did not want to be on the camera, did not want to be seen on camera, did not want to interact on camera, which was fine. But after this one video, her friends were lining up to do some shenanigans.
and then another video came out and this one was titled um twilight video parody or something like that and she did this with her best friend at the time and everybody freaked out <clears throat> you thought they went crazy over rihanna's disturbia video they went sick nasty over the Twilight video. And not to mention, after the first Twilight video, there was a part two that dropped right when the New Moon movie came out. So they were known as the Twilight kids in school. And it was the best time to be popular for something like that because Twilight was top notch in the early, in the in the late thousands two thousands but um oh yeah before that um her and her best friend did a a video that was um a no air spoof but it's neither here or there it's still on the internet maybe not actually it's not but <laughs> it's 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 on private but if you ever had the opportunity to watch it before it went on private, then it was something special. But anyways, YouTube was so huge and it was her favorite thing to do. But then one thing changed. It was a big change. And that change was lack of commitment. It got to a point where her friends that she would hang out with every day that summer and then most of the time after school, the friendships began to kind of topple and get a little disoriented and um, eventually a lot of friends just left the group. It was originally like two three guys and five girls um smiles being one of them one of the guys ended up dating one of the girls and then um they broke up or something still unknown what that weirdness was and then prior to that that guy was flirting with one of the other girls and it didn't work out so uh, well, it's not that it didn't work out. Uh, one of the parties wasn't interested. And then that person ended up dating um, another friend. And it was weird. And they broke up. And then that kind of drove the friendship apart. But the major thing that drove the friendship apart was when the one friend that dated Smiles' best friend. She ended up dating one of Smiles' ex. She ended up dating one of Smiles' exes from sophomore year, before all the drama, before, um, you know, before all the, um, you know, drama within the group. And Smiles felt kind of betrayed by this, especially since she told her friend that she wouldn't be comfortable if um, she had did that because of the way the relationship ended. But the friend did it anyway, and Smiles ended up just dealing with it. But what really drove the friendship down down the hole was when um, there was one time at the movies where this friend just completely ignored Smiles and pretended and pretended that. She, basically treated smiles that like she wasn't there she wasn't relevant she didn't deserve to be amongst the friends which was a really shitty thing to do to somebody that you're claiming is your best friend um because that's just not something you do when you say someone's your best friend if someone's your best friend one you don't go and date their ex-boyfriend that um it ended on really bad really bad terms and you were aware of the entire situation. Um, two, um, given the circumstances, you kind of come off as like a complete jerk when um, 
you you um you first go against your friend's back and then try to make it seem like it's her fault that you know the situation turned out the way it did which was just ridiculous um but anyways fallout happened at the movie theaters and the friendship had ended and the group broke up the videos weren't coming in as much the inspiration was gone it's hard to do a project and make it mean something and make it look good like quality like a like a Nika Higa video or a Smosh video when your team doesn't want to work with you anymore or doesn't want to work with each other anymore. And it's like there was the one or two offs that were still down to make videos, but no, the commitment wasn't 100% there. And if there was a commitment, it wasn't to your cause. It was for somebody else's cause. So unfortunately, the YouTube days went dormant for a while uh, followers, um, well, smiles ended up getting to like 80 followers, uh, out of all of that, but things slowed down tremendously when content stopped. And then even after she tried to restart it up again, content still wasn't, wasn't peaking the way it used to. And even that, even back then it was still easy to like get your, your views up, uh, by posting on Facebook, because, you know, some people were still like clicking on links and viewing them. But until but in today's world, that just simply doesn't work anymore. People only um, gravitate towards content that is existent on the current app. Nobody wants to be taken to another app to view a video anymore. They want if they're going to watch content, they're going to watch it on that space unless you upload that video to that space which was terrible for smiles because she didn't have the energy by that time to even keep up with that smiles eventually you know just said well if i can't do youtube videos the way i want to do it i'll just finish off my legacy with doing youtube youtube videos for my track season for her track season I'm so uh, sorry, a third person. Okay, so she 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 dropped a, a Crosby track team video and that got a lot of views by all the track team. Then she did one for the sen- first senior year. And even though it was during a really tough time for her because um, my mom passed away. Now I'm 18. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's basically the story of the the triumphant dramatic teen the teen years. Um okay, just to do a little debugging. I didn't really tell this story too well because I um the concept was still kind of like foggy in my head. Um and I was really trying to tell the story in a way that like told it but also me like it it, it kind of I bounced from first person to third person a lot and you know it was hard to like keep track of everything and then I started rambling and it was almost like I was spilling tea and I didn't want to spill tea I was trying to tell a story but um yeah just to kind of debug this story a little bit um and talk about it in the first person I had a group of friends freshman year we called ourselves the nerds it started out with myself my friend tiffany my friend lewis and my friend nate um when we got to high school because we formed this like right before high school it was like freshman year we're the nerds and then going in the sophomore year we ended up getting more friends so we went from being the four to five because we added Oscar, then we added um, Jalissa, then we added Brianda, then we added Jacinia. And, and, the, and the order went like this in order of how everyone became friends with everybody. And um, some people were already friends with other people because they had the same class, but um, eventually we all ended up connecting. 
this was the group of friends I did videos with. This was the group of friends that I had drama with. This was the group of friends that broke up and were no longer as close as we once were anymore um, today. And, um, you know, I don't have any like ill feelings towards anybody. Um, me, me and Jalissa had a fallout, but we ended up rekindling our friendship and, and just saying, fuck the bullshit like years later, because it wasn't even worth like fighting over in high school. And that happens a lot in high school. Like you, somebody says something to somebody and it doesn't get processed correctly because you're still young and ignorant. And I don't care how many older people you interact with, regardless of that, at that age, you're immature. You don't know it all and you make a lot of mistakes. So like if somebody says something to you that comes off as the wrong way, you're going to interpret it wrong. And then you could easily end a friendship over a complete misunderstanding. Like me personally, I was the goofball. I said like a lot of goofy shit amongst my friends because I knew that I could get away with saying a bunch of goofy shit with my friends. Um, you know, to be completely honest with you, I was the only nerd out of the nerds because I was the only one who was in the nerdy classes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we um we all graduated, so it don't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like a lot of our teenage conflict could have been resolved had we faced them as adults. I was like, it, like even today, like we're not as close anymore, and it and it breaks my heart to know that these people I've spent like a lot of my developing years with that we're not as close right now. But in return, like at least now nobody has like ill feelings for each other. Everybody's somewhat on speaking terms to whoever they want to still be interacting with. Like we're almost 30, like we'll be 30 next year. And like maybe, um, Maybe in the future we could do like a, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air type of reunion where we just air shit out. And I would actually love to air a lot of shit out because I'm completely different than the person I was back then. And I know for a fact that neither none of them are the same people they were back then. So that shit would kind of be pretty dope to just like get together and air shit out with them. Because we've had reunions before, like, you know, in between our years of being distant, but, like, I feel like this one would be, like, an official one, because it's not like a, a baby shower, or a wedding, or a birthday party, it's, a, it's like, just the crew chilling together, airing shit out, and not, and nobody acting funny about any certain thing, so, um, if any of y'all pick this up, which I'm sure you will, um, um, I'm here, and I'm definitely down for a reunion whenever y'all want, we didn't get our reunion in two thousand and in two thousand twenty. We could definitely get that shit popping in two thousand twenty one. Bring the nerds back together. Um, I'm totally about. I'm totally with the shits, and I and I and I'm definitely down to coordinate a Zoom meeting. But um, I don't even know when this is gonna be heard. But shit, I might even re-record this because of all the, the tea I'm spilling. Um, <laughs> like this went from YouTube to the teenage drama. And in no way, shape or form am I blaming my friends for not being co a consistent content creator. Like this was solely just me. And this was solely just me dealing with my emotions in the moment and and how the opportunity of of being a YouTuber got lost along the way because of so much t teenage drama. And it's nice when you already have like a group of friends established and like that are all interested in the same thing, but when like they're but when you're the only one that's like highly committed to that type of environment, like it's so hard to get commitment out of people and it's so hard to find people like without have having to go outside of your comfort zone to be a part of what you have going on that's bigger than yourself and and you have ideas that people are gonna like because I feel like I could have been Jenna Marbles I feel like I could have been like um uh, Anthony Padilla and and things like that at this point in my life but there was a lot of missed opportunities there was a lot of mental health shit holding back and there was a lot of just me being busy and you know it is what it is but whew, that is that you know it's the same as long as the last one but you know what 
we got it done. <laughs> we got it done in a reasonable time. So um, go ahead and follow me on my Instagram, Karenista underscore art. Facebook is Karenista art. Um, check out my website to buy something nice for yourself. Um, thank you for watch, watching the video when the video comes out. And thank you for listening to this um, and, and following along with the story. Um, I'm, you know, uh, the stories are going to get silly. They're going to be fun. They're going to be sad. Like this was supposed to be like a, f a fun video, but then it kind of got <laughs> a little dramatic, but you could still look at it as like something fun because, um, a learning came out of it. And at the end of the day, as long as you're learning something, it's all in, it's all good. Right. So I'm going to close with that. Y'all be easy. Thank you for listening and catch you next time. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Corinne Bernard, also known as the last Corinna, because after me, there will be no other. Okay. Okay. Welcome to the Art of Storytelling, where I tell a story from my life and paint something that's inspired by that story. Um, today, I have a very funny story for you all. Thank you for being here to listen. Um, this story will be uh, told in the third person. I'm going to use the names based off of Bratstall's characters just so that I can keep track of um, who is who. And like back in the day, Bratz used to be my favorite doll. Um, and so, yeah, I'm using their names. And the characters' names are... Chloe, Yasmin, Jade, and Sasha. Sasha being the main character who um, would be me, I suppose. Um, well, I'm, well, I guess in my stories, I am the main character because they're about me. So um, I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to try not to laugh because I have a bad habit of telling this story and then laughing while I'm telling it. And then I just can't tell the story because <laughs> it's too funny. But anyhow, the story starts off with Sasha being in a very bad place in her relationship. Um, at the time, it was a very toxic relationship, but it was very early on in the toxic relationship. So her and her guy at the time went on a little break and her friend Yasmin says, hey, we go into the casino. We're going to get a room and we're going to have a girls night in at the casino. And each girl invited um, their own friend. Sasha invited her friend Jade. Yasmin invited her friend Chloe. And the girls were off. <laughs> so this was a Halloween celebration. So everybody at the casino was in costume. Um, the girls headed up to their room. They got there a little earlier on in the day. Got in their costume. Yasmin and Sasha were two different goddesses, but goddesses nonetheless. Um, Jade was an 80s girl, and I believe Chloe was a cop. So the girls got all dolled up, pre-gamed a little bit in the room, and then headed downstairs to the clubs and the bars. Um, so... They headed to the open bar and club and started, you know, getting their drinks. Sasha was so overwhelmed by all the characters. Like, there was Quail Man. There was um, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Somebody was um, Spy versus Spy and had both spies from Spy versus Spies. Somebody was Clark Kent. Somebody was um, Sweeney Todd, I think. No, not Sweeney Todd. What, what am I thinking of? Edward Scissorhands, I think. Hell, so, uh, that year, I think Straight Outta Compton came out. So we had Easy E in the building. We had <laughs> we had um, Ice Cube. It was it was it was a good time. Anyways, this isn't in the first person. This is in the third person. So those were all the, the, those were the characters that I can name off the top of my head. The Flintstones, like 
yeah, so Sasha was just all over the place taking pictures with people, having a good time, drink her drink, dance with her friends. And um, one of the girls were just having a, a lot more fun than the rest of the girls. You know, she was dancing. At one point, she would just go on her own and just, like, be a vibe to everybody. And um, And by that, I mean she just did her own thing in the corner and just acted as eye candy. I don't think any of the other girls were keeping track of how much Chloe was drinking, but I'm guessing for her to be having a good time like she was, she was having a lot. And like it didn't help that like guys were buying her drinks at the bar. <laughs> That's never a good idea, but it's a good thing that she was amongst friends. Um then at one point Chloe says, I need to go to the room. And Sasha also needs to go up to the room. And all the girls had to go up to the room at some point because they all wanted to change their shoes. And so they did. Um, first person to leave the room was Yasmin. Then Sasha followed Yasmin. Then Jade followed Sasha. And then Chloe followed Jade. But what happened as they were all leaving the room Chloe just ends up falling on her face and her wig topples in front of her. Um, you know, immediately Sasha turns back. Yasmin's still pursuing forward, not even realizing somebody fell. Um, and Jade was closest to Chloe trying to help her up. And, and Sasha's just like kind of tipsy, kind of like zoned out. And she shout, she doesn't shout, but she like, you know, calls to the girl like, oh my God, are you okay? I hope you're okay. Oh my gosh. So Jade helps her up, fixes her hair, and all the girls head back downstairs to keep on with their night. <laughs> okay. And so um, at the time, Sasha was so concerned. She was like, Oh my God, I can't believe she fell. Like, that's the words. I haven't fallen in so many years. Like, I can't imagine, like, falling like that. And then her wig toppled off. Oh my God. Um, the next day, though? Like, so, anyhow. The girls are having a good time. You know, drinking, turning up. Whatever, whatever. Chloe ends up leaving because she ended up having way too much to drink. And she calls somebody to pick her up. And then it was just Yasmin, Jade, and Sasha left in the room. And they ended up falling asleep and waking up. Now, the next day, Sasha's sober. And she cannot stop laughing. And part of the reason why she couldn't stop laughing is because of... No, the only reason why Sasha couldn't stop laughing was because she was remembering the incident with Chloe falling outside of the hotel room because one, how, how did you fall? <laughs> what could you have possibly tripped on to make you fall? And I think it had to do with the shoes that Chloe had switched into and she landed on the shoe wrong or, or slipped on, on the shoe the wrong way. But however it happened, it propelled her forward enough to land on her face and flip her wig off of her head. That's the second part that was just, huh? How could this have happened in public? <laughs> so her wig flies off of her head, but just enough so that you don't see her hair underneath. So the wig toppled in front of her slip slipped off her head but like it was long enough to where the wig hair was covering her head so like say somebody walked by and saw her fall on her face they're not gonna see her wig just detached from her head they're just gonna see a bunch of hair <laughs> just straight wig hair. oh my god no because <laughs> when i try to explain it it's that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, in the moment, it was not funny. We were so concerned. The girls were so concerned. 
But the next day, it was probably the funniest thing Sasha had ever seen. And she could not stop laughing. And it's like, Jade had the best look at what happened because she was closest to Chloe. Sasha just turned back and saw like the actual fall. She didn't see the lead up to the fall. She just saw. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so it makes sense for it to be like hilarious, like seeing just that piece of it and not seeing the lead up to it. I don't know. Maybe that would have made it even more funny, but oh, that was a hell of a time for Sasha and the rest of the gang. The the whole time, the entire experience was it it was extremely fun. Sasha got to have her girls night in with her friends. She got to drink. She got to dance. She got to dress up and take a picture with a bunch of characters on Halloween. It was a good night. It was just so funny how this girl fell because nobody likes to fall for one and to fall in this way. It's just, it's funny because nobody wants that to happen to them. And I think, I think Sasha was laughing about the whole incident because she was envisioning herself experiencing that for herself like girl I don't know how I would be if my wig had fallen off my head in front of me for the world to see and like as like I'm I'm telling the story I swear I swear there was a couple I swear there was a couple when when she fell and they saw her fall oh my god like that just that just like popped up into my memory bank like I for, I forgot that the last few times I've told the story l- l- profusely laughing profusely laughing about this incident that occurred to this poor girl <laughs> and I do feel bad for thinking it's funny because it's fucked up to laugh but I didn't laugh in the moment I didn't laugh at her as she was falling because that's embarrassing. I'll say that. Like, nobody wants to fall and then the world pointing and laughing at them. That's just shady. But, like, after the fact, the girls checked in on, you know, uh, everything's in the right places. Nobody hurt. Then it's funny. Then it's fine to laugh at your friends for falling on their face and their wig toppling off in front of them. So that's the story. That's that's what I dealt with. That was my experience from my perspective. Like if there's a if I can get a part two popping having Chloe on the show, I'm still using the character's name because you know I want to protect everybody that I mentioned on this show. Oh, that was so funny, yo. That was hilarious. But thank you for listening. I'm really excited to see how the painting comes out. Like like I'm gonna type I'm gonna entitle it Chloe and it's gonna be fabulous (laughs) I like as I'm saying as I'm telling this story I don't know what the painting looks like yet but I just it's gonna be a masterpiece it's probably gonna sell for a hundred thousand dollars one hundred thousand dollars minimal because of how wonderful it's going to be. And I'm going to make sure that it's wonderful. And I might tag the, the original girl in if I can find her on Facebook. It was so long ago. But that's the story. I'll check in with y'all the next time I got a new story to tell. And thank you for listening. Thank you for following along with this. You know, um, you I haven't even filmed the videos yet. Like to paint the paintings for some of these any of these actually so once this series comes out it's gonna be a real treat and I do look forward to also expanding it to having other people share their stories and me you know paint my perspective uh, based off of the story and yeah so I'll catch you guys on the next one I know this was a short one but y'all be easy and the next one will be longer and more detail oriented I suppose (laughs) All right, take care. See you next time. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Corinne Bernard, also known as the last Corinna because after me, there will be no other, okay? 
Welcome to the art of storytelling. I just got finished with work and I got a new story to tell y'all and it's a good story. It's um about me, of course, because this is how we do this series. I tell you guys a story about me and then I paint something that's inspired by the story. Thank you for following along with this little journey of mine. And um, without further ado, I'm just going to get into it. So I'm going to tell the story of how much I love Kingdom Hearts. I love the series. It's like my favorite game of all time. And I've played my fair share of video games. Like my brother used to have his set of video games. And then I had my set of video games. And when he wasn't around, I would play his video games. And the reason why I would play his video games is because when he was around, he was playing his video games and wouldn't want to share. It is what it is. That's that, that's that whole sibling rivalry shit. Y'all already know the deal. So Kingdom Hearts was the first game ever that was like, um, it was like an adventure game that was mine. I bought Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts belonged to me. It was for PlayStation. My brother had the PlayStation console. I had the Nintendos. He had the Playstations and the Xbox, whatever's. Um, he was getting the whatever hot console came out around that time. And I had the GameCube. But the game Kingdom Hearts was only for PlayStation 2 at the time. So, like, I would only be able to play kingdom hearts when my brother wasn't playing the playstation which would be any time he was going out to play basketball with his friends so it worked out um so the first day i get kingdom hearts i'm so excited because like i've never played this game before and i just like was on disney channel one day and the commercial for it came up and i was just like wow this is the most amazing concept ever you got disney games well, not necessarily Disney games, but Disney characters in a game. And you're this character that that who at the time I did not know was going to be so near and dear to my heart until like after beating the game and playing all the mini games and following along with all the mini games and playing all the versions of the game, whatever. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts is probably my favorite game of all time. And that's and that's a huge, huge thing to say because everybody, anybody who's anybody knows that Sonic the Hedgehog is my favorite character and favorite game of all time. He was until Kingdom Hearts came in the picture. That that like <laughs> you know, everybody knows I love Sonic and I love everything Sonic. Um, so saying that Kingdom Hearts is my, like my all-time favorite game is a big deal. Um, so this whole podcast is literally about my love for Kingdom Hearts. And I'm telling it in the first person because, you know, Kingdom Hearts isn't done. I don't think it's going to be done. I think there's going to be another game. And I feel like I should have done... I wish in the past I did like a video or a podcast or something regarding Kingdom Hearts because I don't know I feel like there's a lot more Kingdom Hearts fans than ever before and even at the time it came out like all these undercover Kingdom Hearts fans that nobody knew about until like social media popped off like um like it did and you know it's nice knowing that other people have a perspective on it and I just wish that I, I like put myself out there to receive it because a whole bunch of other people done did it for me and now I'm just sitting here like wow I have those same opinions too I could have been a YouTube celebrity by now but anyhow that's besides the point getting back to like the actual game and like the first time playing it so I ended up getting the game I don't know if it was like a Christmas gift or a birthday gift but whenever the game came out I got it shortly after it came out and I start playing it and I'm just like oh wow what an, what an interesting story wow look at all these graphics and like I feel like 
Kingdom Hearts helped propel my love for anime at such an early age because I wasn't really watching anime at the time. The only anime I really grew up off of was Pokemon. And, like, I knew of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, but, like, I wasn't watching it. My brother was watching it. And, yeah, yeah, Kingdom Hearts really, like, exposed me to that style of drawing and is probably the one game that encouraged me to to really you know try when I you know do some of my artwork and really pay attention to the lines and the detailing yeah because I had the gameplay the the you know the game manual that every PS2 game comes with and like I would flip through the game manual and literally draw pictures of Sora, Kairi, and Riku and put it in my drawing, it, have them sketched out in my drawing book. And it actually helped out my drawing skills a lot. Um, for those who don't know, my art career started with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm playing the game and I'm on Destiny Island. I'm going on the missions getting all the things for the raft and the second part getting all the things for the fruit the 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 ride there which is the food and and fruits and stuff like that and i'm just like yeah can't can't ricky tell ricky can't tell me shit this is my game i'm getting good at it and he's gonna be so jealous when i get so good at it listen as soon as it came time for like sora to to basically go outside um when when the sun already went down everybody asleep oh my god i could not figure out how to you know get past that point every time i would try to attack the fucking heartless with my wooden stick it would just repel it and i was just like does that mean i hit him like listen this is early on girl gamer here like i think i was like nine or ten years old playing this game so i could not put two and two together i did not realize you had to you know go exploring and go and find another chamber anyhow (laughs) i didn't know how to get to the next part of the game and i had wasted so much time and so much effort trying to fight these heartless off and they wasn't dying I gave up I done went to bother my brother in his room and I was like listen I need you to just help me beat this one level just this one level and then I can do the rest I need I just need to see how you do it and (laughs) honestly that's how I am with anything like I need to see it done first and then I'll become an expert at it but until I see it done just that one time, I'm fucking, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I just can't. Um, I've tried, but then mistakes happen when I try without knowing. Uh, this is pre-Google, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> um, so he comes down from wherever the fuck he is and he gets me the Keyblade. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. All I had to do was go to Riku's house the whole time. Really? And I would have got the key. Like, I'm thinking Riku's house is like in a tree house or a building complex, an apartment, something. I wasn't thinking that little platform where he was, um, where he was, you know, where you'd meet up with him to fight him was his house. Like, Riku, like. You live there, bro? Like, where are your parents? Where's Riku's parents? How is that Riku's house? And then even when you go along with the scene, they like, we'll never see our parents again. So you do got parents. How y'all living on this the sand? How are you living on this sand dune thingy with the pau fruit tree hanging on the side? How you just, how is this your house? Anyway, that's besides the point. Like, I'm going off. Like, they could have just said Riku's hangout spot. Like, they could, they said house. And I'm like, that's not no house. Anyway, that's, that's what happens when, like, games come out in a different language and then gets translated. And then don't get translated directly. So you just like, maybe I should have played in Japanese first. I don't know. But 
So my brother gets the Keyblade and I'm just like, yay. Oh, wait, other things are happening. And he just continues to play along. And I'm just like, no, give it back. It's mine. No, it's my game. Like you, you always play, pull this card when it's your game. Now it's my game. You try to hold it up, give it back. And then he gets to another stage in the game where you face your first uh, heartless boss. And I'm just like, all right, you can beat this one. <laughs> like, you know, the game just progressively got harder for me at that age. So um, I was just perfectly fine with just watching him play it. Because like I said, I need to see it done first in order for me to be able to do it correctly. Uh, so he beats the boss and then he gets to Traverse Town. And then things really get complicated for me. And then he just gets to the point where, okay, Rick, you win. You can play this game, but I get to watch you beat it so that I can beat it for myself. Come to find out, Kingdom Hearts 1 is probably the hardest out of all the Kingdom Hearts games because it doesn't have the command button. It doesn't have all these fancy schmancy tricks. Well, it does. It's just not as easy to achieve those moves without having strategy. Whereas in the later games, you you just got the command button and you just bypass everything and get to what you need to get done um as long as you got your your light flickered on there's just that's this is just one of the many things that is that's different in the first game compared to the newer ones is it's less easier on the user (laughs) so i don't feel like a complete idiot for not being able to beat the levels the early levels i just I was a new gamer, a new legitimate 21st century um, gamer. I was new. (laughs) So at this point forward, my brother is beating the whole Kingdom Hearts game for me. He's collecting all the needed items as he has done in previous games, such as Zelda, which which was another game that he... I watched him play and beat the whole game, and then I played it myself. I was just like, yeah, Link, that's your name, not Zelda. But so we get to all the levels, and the whole time I'm just watching the game play. Um, you know, Ricky would always try to skip the cutscenes, and I would always want to watch the cutscenes. But in the first game, you can't skip the cutscenes. So that was like, boom, another thing that's different from the original compared to the newer ones you can't skip the cutscenes, and he would be so mad he would try to he would just bypass like all the little bubble conversations and then you know he would just sit through the cutscenes. but I lived for the cutscenes. I was so compelled by the story and at the time I wasn't into like Final Fantasy so a lot of the Final Fantasy characters were were I was learning about them and who what they were about in that moment like, okay, so this is who y'all is. Um, how y'all are y'all Disney characters? Like, I didn't know that Square Enix also was the creators of Final Fantasy and that they put their little splash into the game and then created the new characters, Sororiku and Kairi, and and you know, did they whole thing with that. I thought that was pretty dope. Like, I would do that. I would totally incorporate some of my old characters in this Disney game. Um, Just to, you know, hey, hey, we're here. We out here. (laughs) So that was a good marketing strategy. Anyhow, so um, he beat Sephiroth. I was so amazed because he lost to Sephiroth several times. And this was after he had already beat the game. He unlocked the ultimate weapon. He, you know, got all his mystery goos. Like, my brother pretty much dissected this game, like, to its core. And then it became his favorite game of all time. So now, me and my brother have this new love for this video game. 
And it also brought us together because prior to that, he was always on his side of the of the court with games, and I was always on my side of the court with games. And then we would somehow meet in the middle and then always get into a fight about it. But Kingdom Hearts was the first time we came to an agreement and we literally worked as a as a team to enjoy this game. <laughs> And it was nice. It was like the first time in both of our lives that we actually came together and it wasn't for, you know, him picking on me or anything like that. And I must say, Kingdom Hearts, when it came down to the end of the game, had me in tears. Like, I was crying. And my brother looking at me like... Why are you crying? It's just a game. You're <laughs> laughing at me. I'm just like, yo, I, you wasn't watching. I was just so emotionally invested. I, and I literally was. Like, in my head, I wanted Sora and Kyrie to be together. Like, you know, I, in my head, didn't even go to that place until, like, Hollow Bastion. Um... Because of all the the things he was doing. Like, of course, there was the scenes with the Powerproof Fruit and whatever, whatever. Like, those were cool. But I really thought that, like, Hala Bastion, that was like a... That was like a special stage where, like, you see that Sora and Kyrie are kind of meant to be together. And that... The whole game, like the whole rest of the game, that's what I was thinking about. Like, oh my God. And then in that last scene where like the, the two separate, I was like, no. And then the music cuts. And, no. When you walk away, you don't hear me say, please. Oh, baby, don't go. Ugh. Oh, the tears. And then following into um kingdom hearts 2 i didn't play chain of memories on the 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 game boy my brother did but i'm like i need to see it and i'm not gonna be all up in his business while he played a game boy because he just skimmed through it like he did with with all the pokemon games so um i didn't beat chain of memories until they did the remix to it and it came out for ps2 or 3 Whatever game it came out for. I think it was PS2. But, yep. After that, Kingdom Hearts 2 dropped. I was like in high school. Happiest hell. And once again, he played the game. I watched him play it. And I cried at the end. <laughs> like, I just love the story. And they were at Destiny. I was like, yeah. Yeah, we made it back. And that was the that was the the game I thought, all right, this is it for Sora and Kyrie. They're gonna do they're gonna do their thing now. Now they're together. Da, da, da. And then you get the cutscene at the end. Oh, actually, Mickey wrote this letter and wants to know what's up. I'm like, oh fuck, there's gonna be a Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. Now, I was 15 when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. Can't, little did I know Kingdom Hearts or Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2008 and I was 15. Little did I know Kingdom Hearts 3 wouldn't come out until I'm already head first into adulthood getting wrinkles under my eyes and on my eyes and in my eyes. And the crazy thing about it is um and let me just say, I did go back and play and beat the whole game to Kingdom Hearts 1. I beat the whole game of Chain of Memories. I beat the whole game of Kingdom Hearts 3. So I don't want people to think, oh, she just be watching the gameplay camp and nah, I be playing. You know, I'm not good at collecting all the mystery goos and stuff. You're going to have to talk to my brother. But like, I, you know, I do my best. I'm like a mediocre Kingdom Hearts player and I'm proud to say it. <laughs> But I cried at the end of every single one of the Kingdom Hearts games. The only ones that I didn't cry at the end was like 365 over two days, which it makes sense to cry at the end of that one. But I know she owned like that. So like I saved my tears for that. And Birth by Sleep, 
that one I didn't get to play. At the time it was for the PSP, like I did end up getting one of the freaking final mix. I think it was 2.8 that had Birth by Sleep. Um, I think I ended up getting that and then my brother played it with me and then I ended up just letting him have it. Like, and I didn't watch, I didn't play Dream Drop Distance. I watched the gameplay for that. Like a lot of the mini series, like I just couldn't be bothered with it because life was taking me by the neck and, and demanding me to work for a living. And so I did. I didn't have time for the video games and and I was just like, listen, just give me Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, I'll catch, I'll watch the gameplay on YouTube. A lot of people were passionate about the gameplay. Since my brother ended up moving away, I couldn't watch him do the gameplay. He's played all the games. But that's because he was good at playing all the games. Me, you know, I just, I'm here for the story. I'll just watch the gameplay and play, like, the main games. Because I've waited. I've been waiting. So, Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. The ending has me in tears. Now I'm going to get into the technical things that I know about the story. So, Kingdom Hearts, to me, ended up going from being an adventure tale uh, with three friends trying to travel and explore the world. It slowly ended up becoming bigger than just them wanting to explore the world them being linked with um, Keyblade wielders, um, Aqua, Terra, and Ventus. And then, you know, it, later on, it... And that's that's not even, like, something that happens later on. This happened before they even went on their adventure, like, in the before full times when they were younger. <laughs> um, and then Sora ends up losing his heart Kyrie ends up losing his heart they get it back and then they have these nobodies and then there's another nobody that gets created because Sora's something and yada yada boom boom anyhow it just ended up expanding because of all these like mini games and mini series and it just literally webbed off into being a story about a kid who has all these connections with all these beings that cannot coexist without him. Like somehow Sora went from being the key, just a keyblade wielder to being the key to releasing all of his connections into the natural world. Like he's the reason why Roxas exists now. He's the reason why, um, Shion exists now. He's the reason why, you know, Kyrie came back when when she had lost her heart. And she he's also the reason Riku came back when he lost his fucking mind. Oh my god, like I really wanted to hate Riku, yo. Like and I really thought after the first game he was going to become more of a villain. I'm grateful that's not how they decided to play his character because Riku, out of all of them, was getting fucked over the most. Like, that dude had, had like, an idea in mind. And he gets tricked. And then he ends up losing himself completely to the darkness. And... <sighs> poor Riku. But, anyways, I just always knew that something was going to happen to Sora... In this third game. And then when it actually came true. I was like no. What you doing to us? No. <laughs> like I was devastated. When they all died. And then they came back. And then in the end credit. Everybody came back. But Sora. Like no. And I know like. They're setting up a new game. I know that they have plans. And I miss some of the other games. That recently came out. And I'm making my way to it. I'm making my rounds. Like I'll get to play all those games. I just need time to heal. And like I think I'm almost to that point. Like of being over how Kingdom Hearts 3 ended. Because it's like. I knew all along in my heart. That it was going to end the way that it did. But I didn't want to. Because I still feel like him and Kyrie needed their time. But. 
I don't know. I gotta look more into the game. I've kind of been just avoiding anything related to Kingdom Hearts because my feelings, but it's gonna resurface. And that being said, that is the story of my love and how my love for Kingdom Hearts came to be. Like, I just love a good adventure tale. And like that inspired me to create my comic book. It's one of the one of the tales, one of the stories that encouraged me to do um, my own comic book. Um, and I'm excited to drop that. I'm hoping to have some visuals in the pilot issue for everyone to read and enjoy by summertime. And if it ends up being the end of summertime, please don't judge me. <laughs> Life just kind of happens but thank you all for listening i know i say um but in like a whole bunch and i know i pause a lot but you know it is what it is i can't wait to share this painting because i know it's going to just be a a painting of sora because i love sora i had the biggest crush on sora when i like i was a youngin because sora was like 14 i think and I think at the time I was like nine. So Sora just looks so hot. <laughs> and I love looking at fan art of Sora, like on the more realistic side. So I'm just like, mm, yeah, that's how I picture you in real life in person. <laughs> I'm so weird. But with that being said, thanks for listening. And I'll catch you on the next story. The art of storytelling. All right. Okay, cool. Bye. Bye, everyone.